Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So someone tell me, please, why this offense shouldn't put up a whole bunch of points. Like, a whole bunch. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The Steelers were 26-20 to winners in the preseason game Saturday night over the Lions. The outcome, of course, doesn't mean a thing. The productivity of the first-team offense means a lot. And yes, even against Detroit. Because what you were looking for there, first and foremost, was some chemistry, some feel, some movement to the offense. And at the same time, you wanted to achieve this without showing the Buffalo Bills or any other future opponent any significant component to the Matt Canada playbook. Which means that basically, as Mike Tomlin himself has described it, you're just looking to see who can execute football plays with the most vanilla possible setting. Steelers did that. Steelers did that. Ben Roethlisberger did that. 8 of 10 for 138 yards. Perfect QB rating. Scrambled a little bit. Got under center. Play action. Glorious pump fake. Before one of the two, that's two, touchdown passes to Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth and Eric Ebron both played well. I know Ebron had the drop, and that's what everybody's going to remember. He also threw two really important blocks, both of them for Najee Harris, and had four catches of his own for 51 yards. Two tight ends. Stay with me here. Stay with me. Harris had four carries for 10 yards. Two of them he was thrown behind the line of scrimmage. The other two were pretty good gains of eight yards and five. Uh, The running game. I mean, you know what? I'm just going to set that off to the side. I'm going to set that off to the side. Let's get back to that. But you have the four. Count them four. Wide receivers. 
Deontay Johnson, who caught the 44-yard deep ball, adjusted nicely back to a ball that Ben acknowledged later he'd put too much air under. He actually should have been able to blow the top off with Deontay there. Deontay's capable of doing that, by the way. Juju Smith-Schuster showed well, I thought, in the game. Nice third-yard catch. Uh, produced some extra yardage, as he usually does. James Washington with a couple of grabs. Chase Claypool obviously didn't play. We know what Claypool can do. Four. Four receivers. This this is an offense that if you exempt the line from the discussion, should put up, what, 28, 30, 32 points per game? I, I don't know, because the, the, the line is such a big component to this that it can't reasonably, rationally be ignored. But from the skill positions, this is when you consider Harris's addition in particular and the restoration of an actual running back to the offense for the first time in a while, probably the best, most balanced offense they've had in some time. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is always brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose how you'd prefer to take in those programs, whether it's in person at Point Park's beautiful downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, whether it's a flexible hybrid format. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. There's no reason to lower the bar. That's my real thrust here. In covering that game Saturday night and seeing all of the dynamic weapons that Ben Roethlisberger has at his disposal, not least of which is Ben himself, it doesn't feel right how low the expectations seem to be surrounding this offense in particular. I I mean, I get it. I'm the first one to bring up the offensive line. I've made that a pounding point on this program for months now, and I stand by it. If Chooksakorafor, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Trey Turner, and Zach Banner don't get the job done, if they allow other teams to wreck them, then the offense itself will be a wreck. But I don't look at those guys and never have as some pending disaster. I think what you will see are growing pains, inconsistencies, And if you go over really, really, really carefully the various preseason games, even scrimmages and practices through training camp, on those rare occasions when you've had most or all of the projected starters on the field, what's occurred most often 
is the occasional missed play. Big whiff. I asked Ben after the game on Saturday night what he thought of his offensive line. I thought it went well. Um, I know Chooks will, will kick himself for the first play. Uh, probably just a little antsy. Would have been a nice play to Deontay, see what would happen. Other than that, I, d- I don't know about penalties. I, I didn't. I don't remember what we had, but um, got hit once on the touchdown, but it was a, a longer developing play, so you're not really mad about it. Um, so all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way they played. You have to understand, Ben never criticizes his offensive line. I always know when I'm asking a question like that, what kind of answer I'm going to get. What I'm not expecting is any kind of individual call-out. Now, his was really mild of Chooks missing a block for Deontay. And it wasn't anything remotely, you know, hypercritical or controversial or whatever. But that's where they are. There's an occasional total zero on a given sequence. And those are the ones that are going to hurt. If you think about the two times that Najee was thrown for a loss that I referenced earlier, one, to my mind, wasn't on the offensive line, but the other was. And Najee looked like he was going to get broken in half, bent backward. This is what worries me about this line. It's not their ability. It's not their capability. I really feel like, especially with the four younger guys, Trey Turner is more of a known commodity, and he's going to be as effective as he is healthy, as his last couple of years in the NFL have shown. But for these other four guys, they're they're children for this particular occupation. And they're going to make mistakes. And their mistakes will be something that has an unfortunately big impression on this team. Not just on that play, but maybe when someone gets hurt. I don't mean to be getting all negative and scaring people and whatever else here. That's not, that's not my intention. But the offensive line, the reason that it is such a massive variable is that. And yet... Oddly, almost uncomfortably, I can share in the same breath my confidence that this offense should, underscore should, put up lots of points. There are just too many talented individuals there. And I kind of felt that way before the big Friarmouth secret got out to the world. There's a lot there. My choice for breakout player on this offense remains Deontay. But it could just as easily, maybe more easily, be Claypool or Fryermuth. All you need out of this offensive line is boring stuff. Seal the block. Be league average. You don't need to be making it to Pro Bowls by pulling 30 yards downfield and all that other Marquise Pouncey stuff. No one needs to be Marquise or David DeCastro. 
right off the bat. This line just needs to do its job in the most routine possible sense, but do it repeatedly and consistently. And if that happens, I'm sorry, man. I won't be the one leaving the bar down low. I know that. This offense can produce points. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you on this program always by the personal injury law firm Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. That's their thing. It's keeping promises. They've been doing that in our region for over 80 years. Learn more at lgkg.com. Today's question comes from CT, who asks, given the performances thus far of Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith, is it really smart to break the bank for T.J. Watt? Oh, no, you didn't just do that. No, CT, take it back. He's T.J. Watt. Oh, wow. What do I even do with this? He's T.J. Watt. Um, let me see if I can take this in a route that that doesn't come across with everything that I want to say right now, because I respect and value all of my listeners, etc., etc. The Steelers can afford T.J. Watt. The Steelers can afford to make T.J. Watt either the highest paid defender in the NFL or close to it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. TJ has a lot of good years ahead of him. TJ makes an impact. And uh, I can't stress that word strongly enough. An impact on every game in which he participates. There aren't many of those in this sport. There aren't many players who have that degree of of special to their game. And when you have one, you keep them. And you keep them at virtually any cost. Not for any sort of romantic or symbolic purposes because he needs to be a stealer for all time or any of that stuff. But because those types of players can win you championships. If you revisit just the Steelers' history over the last half century and change, you won't find a single Super Bowl winning team that didn't have a special talent or, more likely, multiple special talents on them. When you have them, you do not let them go, and you most definitely do not get unduly influenced by a preseason performance in one direction or another. Now, that said, I agree with you that Ingram has been terrific. 
He's one of the players that I advised you to keep an eye on in these preseason games, and you saw what he can do in terms of blowing up the run on Saturday night. And I've been pretty much singing about Highsmith. But you have to understand, first of all, that edge rusher is a three-man, arguably four-man position with all the heavy rotating that they do. And you really, really, really have to step back from this whole concept, CT, and understand what T.J. Watt is and what he means. He will get signed. It will get done. Yes, it is really, really, really smart to break the bank for T.J. Watt. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm